Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this is, I mean, April is our month when things just take off. You're seeing a bright gold bush just covered about chest high to head high, something like that. It is glorious gold. That is a flowering forsythia, like four, the number four, Scythia. Uh, Californians, Phoenix folks, desert folks are going, I don't, what is this thing? I got to have one. It's forsythia. Midwest folks are going, this is a weed. And they just grew up alongside the road. Lilacs opened up this week. Same thing. So it's usually forsythia been in bloom for a month. They sort of announce that spring is here. Right after they're done, they're now starting to put on their leaves. So they always bloom that gold flower first. Then they'll put on foliage. And it's just this beautiful, thick, rich, green type of shrub that no one eats. Like deer, don't bother forsythia. Uh, javelina, antelope, nothing eats forsythia. I don't know why it looks delicious, but they just don't. Lilacs are right after forsythia. So they just cracked open this week. And lilacs are, that's the one that your grandmother just would cut and bring inside, put it in a vase and just show it off. And the entire living room would just be filled with this lilac fragrance. That's lilac. They grow amazingly well here in the mountains of Arizona, probably better here than even in, let's say, other parts of the country. We're, we're drier, this higher elevation, that, that intense light just makes them load up with flowers. They don't have all the disease issues. They're just easier to care for, and they're considered uh, drought-hardy. They're xeriscape kind of plants, get a real deep taproot. And they're fire wise. They don't, they, they burn really cool. They just don't have this, they don't light up like a big torch, like a pine tree or, or some of your conifers do. They're, they're, they're better in those wildland interface areas. It's a great plant for the mountains of Arizona. They just started opening up. Now, here's the beauty. So we've got dwarfed varieties that get maybe knee high no more than hip high they come in pink blue violets uh no reds yet i'm looking for it though but but you've got some pinks and whites they've got a standard size which more like head height comes in a variety of colors whites yellows pinks blues purples lavenders violets there's lots to choose from and all lilac have the same fragrance. I, I can't say that. They all have the same fragrance. There's different strengths of that fragrance. I noticed the white ones. I like white myself. It just has this really sweet fragrance to it that just fills this entire part of the landscape. You know, your grandparents always grew the, the common lilac. That's what everyone remembers as a child. But there's so many other choices you can play with. There's lots of them. Now, this week we had a, a frosty, we had a cold front come through. It's pretty common. We'll have that through really May is when it when we can see, I've actually seen it snow on Memorial Day. That's crazy, but it's possible. The temperature just swings back and forth like this. So next week, it's already beautiful. So for, for two days, it was cold and then 
right back this beautiful temperature again. And that's how we operate in the mountains of Arizona. All elevations, I would say above, I don't know, 3,500 feet and above. That's kind of, once you get up uh, Black Canyon City, you you rise up to God's country up here, you know, Spring Valley, Cortis Junction, that area. We're all sort of in this thing together. And those storms can come through, the wind can get ferocious, and they, then it just leaves really quick. And so what we do here in the mountains of Arizona is we, we tend to plant early uh, because the average last frost, let's just cover that. So there's two things as a gardener you must always have on your calendar. One, when is the last frost of the year? And when is the first frost you're going to see in, in the autumn of the year? So those two dates you always have to have at the back of your mind. So here it's May 8th in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, Prescott Valley is kind of a couple days ahead of that. I think it's I think you're May 6th, 6th or something. Basically, we're all the same. Um, even you folks in the Valley area. So so someone from Kirkland, Skull Valley, came in th this week and said, well, we're, we're lower elevation than you are. So we got to be different. Going, no, because all that cold air spills over from those, high, those higher elevation. They settle down on you in those Valley areas. So really... I've seen more snow on those valley areas at 4,000 foot than I have over here. That cloud couldn't get over the hill and dump its load. So, so that cold, that frost settles in on you. It's, it doesn't matter really what elevation. It matters whether you're east-facing, north-facing, south-facing, or west-facing. If you're facing the east, you tend to have a kinder garden because it warms up. That, that sunlight, you may get cold, but that sun hits it first just just at dawn, right there, it starts to warm up those those gardens. Whereas a north or maybe you know a west exposure can be colder. They actually, or or you've got an area where the cold air settles. You've got that rock, that fake uh, river stream that goes through your backyard. Actually, cold air will flow through there. And so everyone wants to plant their fruit trees right next to the the creek bed down at the lower part of the property. That's probably the worst place you could plant a fruit tree because they'll get tricked into opening up early. This last frost will come in, you know, before Mother's Day or so, and then it takes the fruit from you. And so I put out a, a frost advisory this week, I think Tuesday, just said, oh, it looks like we might have a frost. Here's what to do. And so what we'll do here in the mountains is we'll plant before that last frost. So typically it's May 8th here in Prescott. We, we use Mother's Day as our demarcation line. You folks up in Williams, Flagstaff, White Mountains, you're using Memorial Day. We typically try to pick a, a holiday. You folks over in the Dewey, Humboldt, Spring Valley, I would say even that that, that Cottonwood, Camp Verde, those Sedona areas, kind of depends on where the sun hits you, you're pretty much... Maybe you're the very end of April, first May 1. Okay, you're a week. You have a week worth of warmer weather than we do. So, But basically, you can plant early. Just always be ready for that frost event that comes. So our, our gardens, are, gets, they get going so slow. The ground is so cool for so long. And really what that comes down to is the nighttime temperatures are so cold even right through summer, that plants, they just, they don't get growing fast enough. And so it's very common for us to have huge tomato plants in September and October, and no tomatoes have been picked yet. Very unusual. You folks from, from let's say, that northern 
you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, you're, you guys, you're used to warming up and it just stays warm 24-7. It's always warm. Here we got these 50-degree temperature swings. So it cools down at night so the plants slow down. So really, we want to cheat it some and try to get them in the ground so we get a couple, two, three, four, five weeks head start. But if you do that, so you're planting April this week, middle of April, just have some sheets ready. So you can throw over those plants to keep them warm. If they're in containers, just roll them in the garage. Roll them underneath a, 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 a patio. I, I use my, my, you can use an actual chair or your patio tables. Roll the plants underneath that and throw a sheet over them. It's like you created your own mini greenhouse for that evening. There's, there's different ways to cheat it so you can get past this frost event so you can keep those plants growing so you can have a larger plant going into this spring growing season so you're not starting you know, middle of May, June 1, with tiny little plants. You can actually get them in early, but you have to be ready. you got to realize we're not in the Midwest anymore, Toto. We've actually got to put them in, and then we have to be, a, we have to be vigilant really be careful watch that weather so we can protect them same with the uh, other end so halloween is the other marker that we use for the first frost of the season this is when you're going to have lots of color and uh, lots of tomatoes lots of eggplants lots of cucumbers on the plants then that first frost comes then we're famous for indian summers where it warms right back up and we've got another month of beautiful weather you have to be ready to protect those things when that event happens. So here in, in the Prescott Central Highlands area, generally use Mother's Day as the last frost and Halloween as the first frost of the autumn season. Got a lot in store for you. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back with Lisa Waters laying in with your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Go native with Waters' locally grown selection of overachievers. Waters' hand-selected native plants and cactus are famous for continual blooms, natural beauty, and low care. You can do this. A stunning backyard with less water and even less work. And Waters can help. Go native with Waters' selection of overachieving native plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters' native plants in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Columbine, Purple Plum, and our Prescott Poppies. These silk beauties look delicate, but really one of the toughest bloomers in the gardens. These wildflowers come in vivid colors of orange, red, pink, and white that are ideal for the hard-to-grow areas in your yard. You're going to love your backyard again. Prescott poppies can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are your neighbors talking about? What's going on in the neighborhood? So there's some value in listening and, and hearing what other gardeners are talking about. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. We haven't seen each other all week. Uh, Seems like it. True. We get we leave <laughs> early. We come home late and. Mm -hmm. 
I've done Chamber of Commerce, a couple events, speaking engagement at La, La Fuentes oh, uh, Retirement Resort. Yep. <laughs> okay. um, great folks, older gardeners. Yeah, it's gardeners. basically it's a cruise ship on the land. That's such a nice facility. Oh my gosh! But had probably fifty people there. Oh wow! And very there they've got small patios or or uh, decks. Yeah. And so just how do you do patio gardening? Mm -hmm. So container gardens. So right. they were really really engaged. Mm -hmm. I was surprised. So you know, older homes. They were all masked. Of course, we've all had our vaccines. They'd all had their vaccines. Right. So maybe they're comfortable gathering again so i haven't been allowed in inside a home place like that and been over, over a year, year huh it yeah. is is nice to have things opening up some yeah. it's nice people feel like they can come out yeah. and aren't as worried so it's it's a good thing the chamber of commerce mixer the prescott chambers i've been to mm -hmm. chino prescott valley uh, uh, prescott chambers um prescott had their first one in, in the last year prescott resort over 150 people. I think it was 155 wow. were there. Uh, it took me. It was, it was a lot of people to go, and and safe, but you could tell people were more comfortable. There a lot of vaccines out with folks, right. especially these are business leaders, so they're always you know interacting with people. So you kind of want you're kind of first in line to 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 hopefully feel safe. So let me ask you, are people shaking hands or are they still doing like the fist bump or the elbow? Or I started, bump? I had one elbow. <laughs> I'm a fist bumper. Uh -huh. uh, kind of have always sort of been that way. I'm the guy that sits down on my plane seat and I wipe down, down everything down. I've been doing that for years. Uh, so it just makes me feel, so I'm a fist bumper. Mm -hmm. But by the time you get done fist bumping everyone, you just start shaking hands because everyone is shaking hands. So okay. I would say it's a blend of hand and and. And fist. Mm -hmm. I did uh, every sanitation station that I've passed. I kind of generously uh, 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 reapplied. Mm -hmm. So for myself, I don't think that was a norm. I did mm -hmm. not eat the. I'm not there with community food yet. I'm just not. Well, you know, that's another platters. Never I <laughs> never do that. I never do community food. We never buffets. do buffets ever. No, yeah. no. I just that's a that's a idiosyncrasy I have. I'm weird. I understand. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> if you've had the flu a couple of times, I don't, COVID, forget COVID. I don't want the flu. So anyway, just safety protocols were in place. It was good to see everyone energetically involved. Good, good. So, so a lot of new things are opening up, new festivals and all that. So it's nice to see that happening. Uh, questions. Oh, you want to talk questions? Yeah, wait, we got to do some, enough about the community. Let's talk about the gardens. Okay. <laughs> Well, David lives at Williamson Valley Road. Last fall, he planted a fat Albert spruce. Okay. And he would like to know how often should he be watering that spruce now? Good. So so April through October, we power up the irrigation. And, and again, folks, if, if you need an irrigation guide, come talk to us. Every horticulturalist, anyone that knows plants at all, we, they have a business card. And on the back of their card is how to water. It's such a common question. Mm -hmm. You just have to go, here's my card. You can't spend 15 minutes for, you know, 30 times a day help telling people how to water. But come in, come get it. But if you miss something, um, come get it. Mm -hmm. um, here's, how, here's what you do. April through October is the planting season, the growing season. Established plants are watered one time a month. At one time a month, a week, one time a week. <laughs> oh boy, I, really I know. Die. <laughs> one time a week, a deep soak. So you want to 
quite a bit of water on that plant. You want to water not just 15 minutes every day. That's totally wrong way to water. Water it two hours for all at once in the morning. And that will deep soak you. You'll have a drought-hardy, robust plant. In the <coughs> excuse me, in the winter, what do you do? You still need to water. So you need to water twice a month at that point. So every other week you deep soak. Uh, that's the secret to healthy plants. So a lot of folks turned their irrigation off last fall, mm -hmm. and the death and decay that we are seeing come in the garden center is I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Because people didn't water in the winter. Purely their fault. They just didn't put enough water and the plant died. Mm -hmm. So we had, what, one major snow event. And that was it. Yeah. Since last year, that's all we've had. So it's drought driven. Mm -hmm. So those folks that watered through the winter a couple times a month, it takes the edge off. And those plants are thriving. Right. Absolutely look beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that's how you water. That's it. Um, the next question that comes with that is, when should I water? And really what you want, you want your uh, the plants are just like people. You just, you, you hydrate before you go hiking out on the trail, not afterwards. Uh, so, so, so hydrate them before the heat of the day, mm -hmm. get them fully plump, fully juiced up. So we water plants here at the nursery at two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're watering our own personal landscapes start at three, four, five, six o'clock in the morning. And so we want to have everything hydrated by eight, nine o'clock in the morning. That's ideal. Mm -hmm. So then they go into that heat, usually 10, 30, 12, noon. They're, they're, they're going, I'm okay. I'm hydrated. How are you doing, buddy? So <laughs> uh, you look a little, uh, you look a, a little red in the face there. So uh, how are you doing? And so you want to water yeah. in the morning, not at night. But most of your established trees, we're talking one time per week. Good watering one time per week. Yes. Okay. Um, so. Wait, um, so is that David or Daniel? Who was that David. again? David. Um, new plant. It was just planted last fall. Those are different. Oh, no. If it's under two years old, <laughs> the roots aren't big enough yet. So, so new plants that are more dependent on you, those should be watered twice a week instead of once a week. So mm -hmm. new things under two years old, under two growing seasons, twice a week. And then once they're rooted, once a week. Okay. I think we cleared that. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. Again, <laughs> come get the plant. It's so easy when you yeah. when you see it. You, it just makes sense. Okay. Janet would like to know, so she bought some California poppies at the garden center, which yep. we do have a beautiful yeah, selection of California stunning. poppies in. She wants to know, does that original plant come back or does it only come back yeah. by seed? That's a good question. That's a gardener asking that question. That's good. Uh, so, so, so poppies do not come back. That plant will only live one year and it's dead. It's going to die in the winter. But poppies reseed. They form seeds so easily that entire hillsides can be covered in California poppy because the seed generation they, they have. That's a poppy is one you plant at the top of the garden and just have those poppy seeds spill down the hill. So once you plant a poppy, you'll always have poppies. But her question specifically was, is it a perennial? Perennials come back from that exact root, not from seed. It's that plant comes back from the roots every spring. Poppies don't do that. They'll die out in the winter and then come back fresh by seed. So, but you can count on them. And the, the, mm -hmm. the poppies we grew here, it's a new variety that it's like it's on steroids. It's, it's got a big flower. It's not just your basic poppy. It's like, whoa, I must, that must be from Waters Garden Center. 
just a shameless commercial. Yeah, anyway. Shameless, about it. Okay, one more quick question I think we can put in. So Tim would like to know, he lives out in Prescott Valley. His question is, which would perform better in Prescott Valley, an emerald arborvitae or a Spartan juniper? So that's actually a good question. So so the Midwesterners, they love their arborvitae. That's what they, the East Coast loves arborvitae. Uh, here in the West, we're in natural juniper forests. And so you know that junipers will grow, will naturalize and almost grow wild. Mm -hmm. So out of the two choices, juniper is going to be your better, less problematic, less insects, less water, uh, pr better, better mm -hmm. choice. There's a lot of junipers and, and they don't all perform, don't all have pollen either. So you can get a lot of them that don't have allergy things. Yeah, that's everybody's so, next question. Yeah. <laughs> so there's blue ones, there's yellow ones, there's green. So out of his, Spartan juniper is the better choice out of Arbo Arbo Arbovita. Also, Arbovita gets torn up in the winter. Mm -hmm. So the snow comes down and just separates. It's got multiple stems and it just separates it. And, and so it's high maintenance. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's just high maintenance kind of plant. I would never introduce it into my yard. We have both here at the Garden Center, so you can shop them, take a look. But I would say go with the Spartan Juniper in your yard in Prescott Valley. There we go. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Columbine, and our Purple Twist Plum. This Arizona plum is the ideal purple tree between evergreens. Blooms in a profusion of pink flowers that precede the deep purple foliage. Large enough to use as a front yard tree and behaved enough to use as a street tree. Plant pairs flanking gateways, driveways, or an orchard-like rose to screen neighbors. Purple Twist Plum can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So now we do have... A lot of plants coming in this week, a lot of evergreens, so conifers, so privacy screens, so spruce, pine, junipers, cypress, cedars, uh, lots of these big, thick, fast-growing types of blocking, blocks the wind, blocks your neighbors, sight lines, blocks headlights coming in from cars, coming down the street, blocks dust and noise. There's a lot of benefit with big evergreens, and, and this is a place this, this swath of central Arizona, actually all of northern Arizona, we're famous for our conifers. Conifers are those things that form that are not always evergreen, but typically 
evergreen. They hold their foliage through winter and they'll have a, a needle on them typically. So there's also a, a broad leaf evergreen that's also defined. That's mainly red tip botinia, euonymus, these big, big uh, hedging type of plants. These are typically shrubs though, not trees. Conifers are typically trees. Not always, but mainly. See, Colorado spruce is a, that's a native evergreen that grows up in the ridgelines throughout the mountains of Arizona. That is a conifer. So now you've, you're, you're well-versed on what the, what the definition is. Deciduous plants are the opposite of that. Deciduous are those plants that lose their, their foliage typically in the winter. So these are aspens maples, ash, locusts. There's a whole bunch of all your fruit trees, apples, pears, peaches, apricots, nectarines. These are all deciduous plants. That is, they lose their leaves uh, in the winter. So you've got this great fall color. Many, many of them have these great, beautiful blossoms in spring. But in the winter, they can be a little bare. That's why you want some of those evergreens to help you. So lots coming in. Right now you're seeing a lot of the bright, if you need plants that need bright, they, they got to handle the heat. They got to grow by themselves, get them started, and they just take off by themselves. There's lots of those kinds of plants arriving at the garden center. Uh, from cacti, which surprisingly, there aren't very many cactus that grow up here. There's choyas and prickly pears, and we've got little... Uh, clear cups, little tiny creeping types of, of cacti. We grow actually more yuccas and agaves. These are not cacti. They don't have a spine. They've got spines, but not thorns all over them. So the century plant, uh, that's a classic agave. We've got two or three varieties here, but the rumor is once every 100 years, they put on this huge flower grows up this, from the center or the heart of this plant. It can grow up 10, 12, 15 feet tall in, in, in like days. It's amazing to watch. Really, the century plant blooms if it's happy and it's got a gardener caring for it. Really, it'll bloom every 10 to 15, maybe 20 years. So it's not every century. Out in the wild, probably that is the case. In a, in a groomed backyard where you've got the, the more fertilizer you've got some water you can give it every once in a while it's a more preferred type of place yeah it's once every 10 years instead of every 100 years so that's that's the rumor of a century plant if you come in and go century plants we're going to take you over and show you the perii agaves which is an artichoke agave that's the one that grows wild up on the Bradshaws. We've figured out how to groom that one and grow it here locally. It grows really, really well. I would say don't even put that on a drip system. Water it by hand. Get it started that way. We've got Eliagnus, an evergreen native type of shrub that gets about head high. Very robust. Very tough. Again, I would, I would really not... I would not put that on the drip system. I would water it by hand. It's so tough. We've got some cotoneasters that are the same way. These native evergreen shrubs that are um, manzanita. We've got three, four different varieties of manzanita. We figured out how to grow that you can put in your yard. I would not put those on my drip system. I would put those in the ground and water them by hand as I remember to do it. Because if you're gonna kill any of those native native things, it'll be from, I, I watered it too much. 
and it drowned to death. So these, these really robust, they love the sun, the wind. They don't mind the, the bright temperatures, the wind that, that comes our way, the, the temperature swings. These are all guys that they like that. They're happy with that. They prefer that. And so you're seeing a lot of choices right now at the garden center with, with that kind of for that kind of landscape. And they're pretty easy to grow. And most of those have trained the native like wildlife, the mule deers, antelope, jackrabbits. They've actually trained the rabbits, going, you know. I'm, you've seen me out in the wild before. Yeah, I know I'm planted in this backyard, but you know I taste just as bad here as I do out there, so don't eat me. They just learned, yeah, I don't like to eat manzanita. They just don't taste good. They're rigid. They're, they're, the sap is bad. So these plants that are local, locally famous, Arizona cypress, probably the number one seller of all the natives, big, fast-growing evergreen up to 25 feet, about 12 feet wide, thick, um, doesn't have the pollen that the junipers do, doesn't get a berry on it, gets a little tiny pine cone, as cute as can be. Um, these are plants that are very robust, and the animals just aren't going to bother them. Because the one story I could tell you about Arizona cypress, I did have an elk once, had this beautiful row of Arizona cypress, this big bull elk, he's showing his stuff, strutting, he's, he's in a rut. Let me tell you, he's going to rip something, a new one. My pickup truck, I don't know, the barn. He comes into this 20-foot Arizona cypress, antlers in tow and just shreds this Arizona cypress there's nothing but maybe knee high and below there's nothing left for this tree he's just showing it off and going look at me ladies look what I can do and he destroyed my Arizona cypress didn't eat it just shredded it with his antlers anyway the things you get to watch in the wild in Arizona got a lot in store be right back right after this though Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one, ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New pink blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like Grandma used to grow, and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes in the studio each week, and just this is all about her, her entire segment, just because, because I like to be behind a microphone with pretty women. You, you just like to be behind a microphone. With pretty women. Pretty women or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, probably true. 
but it, it's you're a joy. It's better to be with you than ah. this is more fun doing it with with you than it is just by myself. Quite, right. quite honestly, that's it. So, and then then the audience doesn't have to uh, see listen to me drone on for an hour, five segments. So they get to you're you're the uh, comedy relief. I'm the a, comedy a movie, relief, not yeah. com comedic, but you're that relief, <laughs> something different than just what's the story plot. It helps uh, take your mind, helps your mind rest. Oh, okay. You're restful to our minds. Sure, sure. That's anyway, okay. enough. What what do you got for us? Well, by golly, we've had another very full week at the Garden That's Center with many more uh, trucks and plants. Uh, if you haven't been by recently, you need to come by because we are packed full to the gills yeah. with plants. Yeah. Uh, and it is beautiful. The upper greenhouse is just Stunning. spectacular. So many so pretty things. This the upper year. greenhouse is the annual, annual vegetable and herb house. Mm -hmm. That's uh, it's it's thousands of square feet of greenhouse filled to overflowing, multi-layered, hundreds, if not thousands, of hanging baskets everywhere. Uh, color, 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 mm -hmm. and it's packed full because this is the this weekend is the start of the full on plant from here through the second week in June. It's sure it's all the gardeners are out, so there's yeah. there's this peak window of about six, seven, eight weeks mm -hmm. where the garden center is packed, and you need to be ready. You need to plan your crop rotations sure. for that mm -hmm. tidal wave of gardeners that come in because they're going. I don't know what I want. I just want to be inspired. It just they're just having fun walking. Through through yeah. taking in all the the beauty the fragrance the hummingbirds it's, it's fun to see if you, if, it is. even if you just want some zen in your life yeah. grab a coffee and come up to the the annual house and just cruise through you can cruise you, through the perennial house too look, the yard right and, yeah perennial houses what's really fun is louis uh, gomez his folks over at prescott tire, tire pros uh, they're great people mm -hmm. you need mechanic they do more than just tires they do all of our fleet work um but he doesn't have a very nice, it's a mechanic shop. It it's smells a, like oil. Ar, ar, it's ar. like a man. Uh, and so all their customers give, have work done. You can just tell they're walking over, <laughs> trying to spend an hour or two, just mm -hmm. kind of decompressing while Louie and his guys change, fix their car yeah. for them. Yeah, that happens a lot, <laughs> which is perfectly fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We encourage it. We do. We trade because our black lab goes over <laughs> to tire pros and it's their bones all the time so yeah, our black lab should have been he should have been a mechanics dog he loves <laughs> going over to see the guys over at tire pro oh my gosh he's bad i go to pick him up because they'll it's, call and they'll go vince has been here wow you should come get him I'm like okay and he looks at me and turns in the disappointment. other way <laughs> and i have to bring the leash to bring him back because he's like no nope. No, I like Polly and the guys. I'm staying here. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, this is really embarrassing. I do not abuse this dog. They, they are. I think mechanics are dog people. Yeah. If you had to define them, cat or dog people, they, they this over oh. there especially dog, dog people. Very nice people. <laughs> okay, what else? Lab very well. Yeah. But I thought I would talk about. So we last season we realized um, there was a group of people that wanted some bigger more luscious, beautiful herbs yeah. grown. So we went out and did some special talk to people. And so we brought, most of our herbs are usually in a four inch, Yeah. but we said, Hey, we want something bigger, more glorious. So we had some six inch herbs grown and they are spectacular. And these are great herbs to find right now. Great herbs to put into the ground. So I thought I would do a show and tell. Oh, that's good. Which so works for the video people. The, but. <laughs> 
folks watching the vlog and all the video stuff, podcast, they'll love this. Yeah. The radio folks, they're going, what? What, what are you talking about? You'll have Describe to it with words. It. <laughs> You're good at that. Yeah, I'll help you. So the first one that we have is the dill. So this is the fern leaf dill. Amazing little plant. It's Definitely smells it. Oh, yeah. It smells delicious. Oh, Great my gosh. For cooking. A lot of people use, I'm not a big dill fan, but I don't like pickles either. So, but I know a lot of people use dill in their pickling. They use dill sautés. in their salads yeah. and their sautés. Um, but this is just a beautiful, beautiful little plant. Nicely grown. Does very well here. What we did with that is we took a six-inch pot, which is four or five times the size of a good four-inch um, more for soil quantity. Mm -hmm. And then we put three plugs in each one. So now you've got a plant that's three times, if not more of a regular, regular size herb. Right. Perfect for chefs. Mm -hmm. I mean, restaurant professional or any, whoever Otherwise. likes, wants fresh herbs right now. Yeah. This is a great way to go. You could like this parsley, you could start harvesting right, right now. Right you can, now. I'm going to eat some right now. You don't have to wait. So this is the <laughs> Italian parsley, another great one for cooking. Um, my thought was the so last year uh, we have a recycle bin and someone dropped off four terracotta pots. So I'm like, okay, cool. I know they've been sitting in the garage. I'm surprised I you them. haven't thrown them out yet. But I'm going to bring these home because they're going to fit perfectly in those terracotta oh, pots. Oh, sure. And yeah. I'm going to have them out front by our new little patio set. Okay. So Italian parsley, a great one for cooking. Par parsley, too. Just let folks know that, that that you can harvest right through winter. Oh, yeah. These are all mountain-hardy, mm -hmm. full-sun herbs, fresh herbs, all organic. So if you've not been sprayed to slow them down, to slow the growth or all those weird things they do right. in agriculture, these are organic right out of the greenhouse. You can now put them in your yard or they would grow in that pot for quite a oh, while just by themselves. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Oregano. Yeah, nice. Everybody needs an oregano because yeah. we all do some Italian <clears throat> cooking and, and wonderful. The thing about oregano, I like growing in a pot better than in the ground. Because in the ground, it's like mint almost. Yeah, it takes over. It's <laughs> it very can take aggressive. Over the world. Yeah. Good ground cover. So great in containers. <clears throat> and you're right. It's a nice little evergreen, actually. You can harvest all season long. So Amazing. a story about that exact oregano. It came off the truck yesterday. Yeah. So I took one to the Chamber of Commerce. Ah. I had it underneath my arm. And I'm walking up to pods of business leaders. These are power. This is the, the heart and soul of the community. People that make commerce go back and the mayor's there. So I walk right up to a group of folks. I, I rub my oregano. I go, you want to smell my oregano? <laughs> <laughs> and every single person said, yeah, I'll do that. Because yeah. it's just, it's like magic. There's some, something about the fragrance Even of fresh herbs. Even just rubbing the foliage on it brings yep. out that fragrance. So this one's the Italian oregano. Yeah. But there's... Um, I know we have the Italian oregano in the six inch, but I think in the four inch we have the spicy oregano, yeah, Greek, uh, Greek, the golden, which is really yeah. pretty. I love that one. But just, ooh, I so think too. Good. Some people were asking about lemongrass that came in all your oh. your really unusual mm -hmm. uh, herbs. They started to come into the garden center, so it's really it peaks middle of May, but you start to see that leading edge yeah. of really. Just super unusual. Thai basil. Yeah. That's unusual. Oh, we have lots of basil in right now yeah. from the big leaf basil. Um, there was a, what was it? Spicy globe yeah. or all these different varieties. So if you're a basil person. Who isn't um, a basil person? That's like, you being, know, it's like saying I don't like tomatoes. So, uh, my brother-in-law doesn't like basil. Really? But you should, you should sisters. change brother-in-laws. <laughs> can, can you do that? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> 
lots of mints in if you're looking for a spearmint, peppermint, orange mint, chocolate mint, orange mint. Ooh, and I saw some pineapple sage there. Oh, neat. So it's too. all the interesting yeah. herbs are, are in. And and here in the mountains, they don't get disease. They love bright days, cool nights. They come most are perennials, they'll mm-hmm. come back year after year. Right. This is great. This is a great place to grow yeah. fresh herbs. It is. And just so it, all of them grow easily in containers or if you've got raised beds, uh, do nicely in there as well. Time. Time is the other one. We have a lot. You have a lot of time. <laughs> we grow a lot of time. We have a lot. We have, we have hundreds of square feet of time. Because we have a time yard. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we have lots and lots of great herbs in right now and actually starting to get a lot of great veggies in. But I brought this in because it was so pretty. I had to show it off. So this Gerber is daisy. Gerber daisy. Yeah. Some people call them Gerbera daisies. I don't care. Gerbera. <laughs> so pretty. We have them in pink and yellow and red and orange. And I love, I love the Gerber daisy. So that is a mega revolution variety. The flower is a little larger and we get some freaky barrette colors coming out. So... Take a look. We've got hundreds of of them just harvested. So (laughs) flowers and herbs here at Waters Gardens. Thank you, Lisa. We'll be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are lilac, poppy, purple plums, and our songbird columbine. This graceful beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you. This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage, promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers. An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant. So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home. Songbird columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Go native with Waters' locally grown selection of overachievers. Waters' hand-selected native plants and cactus are famous for continual blooms, natural beauty, and low care. You can do this. A stunning backyard with less water and even less work. And Waters can help. Go native with Waters' selection of overachieving native plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters' native plants in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. And we are back with the Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane. And the beauty of having a studio right here at the Garden Center is when someone really smart that's a gardener shows up and go, Hey, Douglas, you've got to share that information. That's so good. Douglas Force with Armstrong Growers, he helps us with all of our tomatoes, uh, vegetables, organic herbs, uh, flowers, hanging baskets. I mean, if it blooms and fruits, Douglas is our guy. They they grow some of the best plants of, of all that fruiting, blooming stuff. They grow the best plants, bar none. So he comes up every once in a while and helps train us on how to, why is this one so much better than the other? So Douglas, welcome to the studio. Thank Glad you. You're here. Thanks for having me. So how long have you been doing this? Tell us about yourself 
And then tell us about Armstrong Growers. What? Why did you go to work for them? And just give us a backdrop. Okay. So I've been in the industry pretty much my whole life. It started as a gardener with my grandfather back in uh, southern wow. New Jersey. Huh. Um, he was big into um, tomatoes and peppers. New Jersey is very well known for the Jersey tomato. Um, And that just led me into, as a teenager, getting into the landscape business um, and then decided that that's what I wanted to be be in my professional career. And so I attended um, a very small horticultural-specific college called uh, Delaware Valley College of Agriculture um, Mm. in Bucks County of Pennsylvania. Um, And then from there, I joined Monrovia Growers uh, back in 2001 as a uh, sales trainee. Um, gotcha. Was able to successfully go through that program. That's intensive, by the way. It is very it's intensive. Super intense. Uh, yes, I had very I had famous. A, I had an advantage because I had a degree in ornamental horticulture yeah. that I specialized in, so I knew a lot of the plant material. But uh, but yes, bar none, the the sales training and just horticultural knowledge. Um, gold. That's the gold standard for absolutely. training. In our industry, agriculture's Monrovia's training program. Yeah. So wow, I did not I did not know that. <clears throat> yeah. So huh. that's where I started, and then. Um, I then joined their management team um, on the production slash sales side. I was a liaison uh, in between those two groups. Uh, So it was a very specific. um, What does that mean? So liaison between which groups are? So production and sales, those two two people have two very different brains. Okay. Um, So I was was approached by the vice president to... um, he saw the potential in me to learn the production side because I had already excelled on the Pumping sales out side. plants. You're making sure the mm. the lines don't go to right. harvesting, Inventory. the back dock, uh, tagging, mm-hmm. all the stuff it takes to make and grow a plant. That's the production piece, right? Right, exactly. Okay, I'm tracking. So, and so then there's the sales side of it where we all, as salespeople, don't always think about all of those factors that go yeah. into the production. So, yeah. um, so a lot of times the the you just didn't always get along. So it was a great, it was a great position for me to, to soften, um, each side. And, and I learned a lot. Um, and then, um, I was just ready for a change. Unfortunately, the, the weather of the Pacific Northwest wasn't, uh, <laughs> my favorite. You're so, up in Portland or the South yes, of South, yeah, uh, I was in the Dayton, Oregon. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it was great, great opportunity. Um, so then I joined, um, Armstrong Growers after that, and I've yeah. been there for 15 years. Um, and loved every minute of it. It was fun going from the tree and shrub, you know, side of the yeah. business to color, um, and to to have watched Armstrong grow the last fifteen years has been um, really amazing. You know, yeah. there was we were a much smaller company back then with a small sales team and production team, and we've just expanded our categories, and it's it's been fun to to watch and yeah. to be a part of. So. Now you've merged or bought out a couple other growers. Um, Yes. So tell us about that. So you've got houseplants now. You've got vegetable yes. separate yes, so, facility just for that. Right. Yes. So um, most recently we did expand our vegetable location. Um, so we were able actually to move a lot of the, the, the succulents and those things off to a new property that we just acquired um, to be able to double and even triple some of our um, edible pro- product. Yeah. Um, our certified organic area was we were also able to double that size so that makes a really big impact, especially for us here in Prescott, um, to be able to produce so many more varieties and quantities to, yeah. to have available um, at the garden center. And then, yes, we also uh, three years ago purchased um, a retire, retiree couple from San Marcos area. And now, yes, we have a full on uh, houseplant growing section and we 
are just about to complete an, a brand new acre uh, greenhouse to expand that. Uh, house plants. For just oh, house plants. What you've done the last year is amazing. The quality. Yes. It's florist grade plus. Yes. It's amazing. I mean, yes. it's, and it's going to get only better because we're going to uh, have even more varieties. We're, yeah. we're, we're seeing the unique, exotic uh, foliage uh, house plant category exploding and so we're super excited to be on the cutting edge of that um, yeah. seeking out um, a lot of these new varieties partnering with you know people that we've never even spoken to before and yeah. uh, all over the country um, and so yeah that's a, a Armstrong, big, big Armstrong growers you're truly growing we truly and, and are <laughs> where does that product go so you're you're in Southern California uh, yes Fallbrook in that area mm -hmm. San Marcos I heard it's a couple of different farms yes then you ship that all over the Southwest all Southwest over. yeah so we we do all of California all of Arizona um, parts of Nevada uh, parts of Utah and parts of New Mexico um, and that's for not the all... Denver Front Range. You're not going up there. Not no, yet, not yet. Not or... for not for uh, all of the okay. color and stuff gotcha. that we grow. House plants does go does have a wider scope. Gotcha. Um, there is a what we call a box and ship program that um, was part of the company that we had purchased. So that does go country wide. So um, every <coughs> excuse me Wednesday Wednesday afternoon mm -hmm. Thursday morning, an Armstrong truck shows up. It's like Christmas for gardeners. <laughs> they open those doors, all this color, butterflies, hummingbirds are going into the truck. Uh, but people kind of know, they look for that yeah. truck, they go, oh, and they start buying it right off the truck. Yeah, it's the most it's exciting so day of the week. It's for sure. Christmas here at, for gardeners, <laughs> here at Watersguards every Wednesday afternoon. So, yeah. anyway, so how, what, what, are you, what are the trends? What are some of the things you're seeing? Plant-wise, so garden-wise for the listeners. So definitely all the edibles. Um, yeah, Vegetables no and herbs, which yeah. we are specializing in. Um, we are offering the uh, widest variety of tomatoes and peppers than we ever have in the history of the wow. company. Um, and um, different sizes, trying to not just not just stick with six-packs and four-inch, but also get into, into patio-ready, yeah. already caged tomatoes for the gardener that... Um, you know, it doesn't have the space or the time uh, to grow something on. Um, as far as color this year, still vibrant, you know, colors. There's What's not the one prominent color. Do they have one Pantone color there, for flowers? Not that I have noticed no? for 2022 okay. so gotcha. far. Um, okay. Just, just white. Right. No, that, yeah. It'll be white. It'll be purple or yeah, pink or there's something. Just, just just bright and bold still yeah um it's it's more the combinations that yeah that the variation within the flower there's a lot of new uh, petunias yeah. coming out this year with um you know splashes of color on the petals that you very unique that we've never seen yeah. so that's going to be very exciting to see um and what i love about armstrong growers is you're not family owned your ESOP owned, so the employees mm -hmm. own this company, which that's that's okay with me. I just don't want big business to own it, and you all are are thriving yes. with this economy. So you've just you've grown. I think mm -hmm. I think gardening has become alive again. It's become a hobby again. Yes, and tomatoes and house plants are kind of the introductory drugs, mm -hmm. so to speak, for gardening. They start with a tomato. Go, oh, that that really worked. 
then they move over to peppers and then to lavender and rosemary mm -hmm. and thyme and it just spreads or you start with a house plant you go i'm indoors mm -hmm. and it spills out to the outdoor containers and then you buy your house and now you're full-on <laughs> landscaping right. it's that it's that magic it's more than gardening it's keeping something alive right that magic there's this being shared mm -hmm. and so color is one of those easy ones easy to grow inexpensive mm -hmm. anyone can do it and armstrong really helps us pull that off yeah absolutely yeah so douglas forest with armstrong growers here at waters garden thanks for thanks for sharing that that was okay, super interesting thank you so we'll be right back you've tuned into the mountain gardener don't change that dial after this you're listening to local garden expert ken lane the owner of waters garden center he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Purple Plum, and our White Night Candy Tuft. Masses of fragrant white flowers cover mounds of perennial green foliage. Extreme heat and cold tolerance, this award winner repeatedly blooms without deadheading for super easy care. Butterflies, bees, hummingbirds are going to love your backyard again. White Night Candy Tuff can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters companion plants for April are Purple Twist Plums, Perfume Lilacs, Columbine, and Arizona Gallardia. Gallardia is the perfect mountain perennial with huge fiery flowers on a compact plant. She loves the heat and super drought hardy. You can count on this bloomer to show off all summer long in raised beds, containers, or in the garden. Havelina and rabbit proof. This bloomer is a must-have Arizona plant. Arizona Gallardia, found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So we did change up our garden classes. Typically through most of spring, we have them Saturdays at 9.30. What happens in April is it gets, the volume gets so big, I just don't have enough parking spaces. I need like another 50 spaces. So I'll have 50 students come to the garden class and no one can get into the garden center to buy trees or shrubs or they get frustrated. So we moved it from Saturdays to Fridays at three in the afternoon. We've got capacity right then. So. Some of you got confused or didn't see that or anyway, there's been some fumble on our part. We didn't get the message across, but this Friday at three, we had a garden class on vegetable, how to grow better tomatoes. Next week, the 22nd, it's Friday at three, we're introducing the new flower introductions. So it'll be the 2022 new flowers you've never seen before it's kind of fun uh, we've actually grown some extra stuff we we, we prepare for this uh, but it'll be three o'clock on friday we are going to be closed this sunday easter sunday just we've always been closed on easter we're going to continue that we give the whole time off to we tell the team go enjoy the afternoon hunt easter eggs enjoy church time with your family just enjoy each other go take a hike go garden take the day off and then uh, we'll be back at it on monday so but next the following friday the 22nd that's the garden class that'll be the last one of the season well just mainly because 
Well, we just, again, the facility, seven days a week, we're open through May. It's just nuts. It's all, it's just constant uh, volume of customers. It's kind of exciting. It's what we live for. It's so exciting. And then uh, we're back at it with garden classes. Middle of June, when all the chaos is done, mainly the gardens are sort of pretty much in. Um, then we'll be back to garden class. It'll be all that summer series, how to irrigate the summer blooming plants. This is how to grow crepe myrtles and Rosa Sharon's and butterfly bush. Uh, privacy, windbreaks. Uh, how do we do all that? So we'll have all that for you. But that's kind of what's going on and why we do that here at Waters Garden Center, just because we're a smaller place. And it comes down to, in retail, you're only as good as your parking lot. And so a third of the garden center is dedicated asphalt, and that's not enough. So that's kind of where we're at. So again, apologize for that. That's so, so you're straightened out now. One of my favorite plants, let me tell you, vegetable gardens. I'm putting them in right now, and I'll leave you with this. When you're focused on tomatoes, that's the number one vegetable grown. Focus up here at this elevation, focus on the small tomatoes. Let's say yellow pears, sweet 100s, cherry tomatoes. They produce like crazy, nonstop. Hundreds and hundreds of fruits. The negative is they're small, but you get lots of them. Then I go to medium-sized fruits. I personally like early girl because I like the acidity for my pico de gallo. I've, we're a salsa family. We also like um, celebrities, champions. Look at that, San Diego's, the, the medium-sized fruits. Probably my advice for most of my friends out there at this higher elevation, stay away from big slicing tomatoes like you'd grow in the Midwest. Here, because it cools off so much at night, they just... We're notorious for having these huge green tomatoes at the end of the season, and we have not picked one. Medium-sized tomatoes, you're picking like constantly starting August, September, October. Lots of fruits, small ones. You're picking hundreds of cherry sweet 100 tomatoes, yellow pears. Those bigger ones, they're harder to get going. You need to have a greenhouse or get started really early. That's, what, that's the advice I'll leave you with. Ken and Lisa Lane here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show throughout the week. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.